Blog Talk Radio. My producer slam, my flow is like, bam, jump on stage, I think I did this. Do nigga, everybody diss, cause you can't bust this. You got a bad name like Dick Butt Kiss. Welcome to the next level of rhyme flowing, scratching, hooking up beats and hoe catching. Every time I come home, I got 50 messages. I only call back the girls with big, big breasts. Ooh, I got biddies in all the major cities. The safest way to have sex is right between us. Excuse me as I kiss the sky. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Rob, and hello, everybody. Welcome to this January 23rd episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Papa John Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Nationwide Insurance. More than 95% of members recommend Nationwide, who has a history of always putting its members first. Find out why at Nationwide.com. That's Nationwide. They are on your side. Greetings. You do it the good way. What? Just sing it like they sing. Oh, um, that's Nationwide. They are on your side. <laughs> it's a little better. Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> yeah. Chicken parm, you taste so Should I do it with my Peyton Manning? Sure. Chicken parm, you taste so good. <laughs> See, that's really good. Omaha uh, set hut or whatever he does. Uh, anyway, <laughs> nothing beats that new car smell. <laughs> all right. Greetings, I'm, I'm greetings, welcome, salutations uh, to all the Balkaholics. Uh, I'm your host and the Gerzak and Addicts. God forbid I miss out on the Gerzak and Addicts. I am uh, your host, the slightly above average Eric Balkman, of course, my co-host, the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak is back in the studio after the FSTA conference in Vegas last week. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll discuss what a reunion between Mark Ingram and the Saints would do to his draft stock, as well as the fantasy cluster you-know-what going on in Cleveland right now. Plus, we're going to be joined by 2014 Terminator champs Jason Lenz and Kurt Bork. They'll talk to us about their draft strategy. Uh, cutting the right player uh, each week, and how Kurt has found himself near the top of the leaderboard in the FFPC Football Guys World Famous Playoff Challenge as well. Kurt tied for 38th right now. He can't win it all, but he could definitely win some uh, some good money, so we'll talk to him about that. Dave, I know I talked to you about this uh, on the show briefly last week when you called in. Uh, it was a fun time for you out in Las, Las Vegas. Got to see a lot of industry people out there. Yes. Got to hang out with them, talk to them. And um, apparently... Um, not a whole lot of black people and women play fantasy sports. That's right. Uh, Brody Ruley, the Cincinnati professor who we had, uh, we had become good buddies with, he had a presentation that that had that whole, there was a whole presentation about not many women, not many African-Americans, not many Hispanics mm-hmm. um, really play fantasy sports. So we are going to rectify that in February. Morgan. Yeah, big announcement regarding that coming up on next week's show. So don't miss next week's show because we have a big thing planned uh, for February, um, of course, February known as a uh, special month to uh, many people out there. Romantic Valentine's Day. It is. It is Valentine's Day. We're going to concentrate on a different uh, ah, awesome. uh, sect of the population, and uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's your idea. We'll talk uh, talk about it next week on the show. Shout out to the chat room right now, Henry Mudo. We have Mint, Shane, Hallam, of course, all in there. Uh, as well. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us or for Jason or for Kurt, 
uh, definitely put them in there. You can also email us at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. You can give us a call at 347-426-3682. That, of course, is 347-GAME-OVER. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And, of course, at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak on Twitter. Our producer, mutual friend Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, are getting all those questions uh, piping hot to us here in the Papa John studios. So we're going to answer those as we go on tonight. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's going on around the league. Of course, we have football guys in Roto World to thank for tonight's rundown. Um, right before we get to that, uh, I checked before the show started. Still some FFPC Dynasty teams out there, Dave. Uh, if people wanted to get involved with Dynasty, of course, that's sort of like the next big wave of the fantasy season that's coming up. So if anybody wanted to pick up a team, you have the entire rosters and draft on there, as well as uh, your email address where people can make their best offer to you. And you are the banker as it were. <laughs> I'm the banker. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I think we have about 15 teams available right now and 10 of them already have been sold. I mean, so they keep coming on and getting sold and there's some really good ones out there. Actually, people should uh, check it out. I should actually give a shout out. Speaking of shout outs to Shane Hallam, he tweeted our message board link, and uh, a guy picked up with a dynasty number one team. This what week. a guy, Shane yeah. Hallam! That was pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people. Dynasty is so much fun. It, yeah, I started interrupting it. I just love it. No, it is a lot of fun, and I, you know, I think a lot of fun. Like it's always fun to start your own dynasty league, but taking over somebody else's sort of like you're the new GM that got hired to see if you can, you yeah. know, turn around or whatever. Um, but I think a big misconception about these teams that are posted on the boards. They're not all bad. I mean, they're not bad teams that, that are out there. Some people just, you know, you know, finances, time, whatever it was, you know, switching in, in lifestyle. Um, they, they just don't they want to cut back or, or what have you. There's some good teams out there. I talked to one. I'm not I'm not going to name who it is. I talked to one FFPC dynasty owner. It pained him to give up. Uh, his FFPC dynasty team, but you know, he's going through a transition with a new job. He's moving out of state, a lot of stuff going on in his life and uh, just was uh, the right play for him, but it's a good team. And I believe it sold right away. So he won't be able to pick it up, but there are good teams out there. Myffpc.com, Check it out. Uh, the San Francisco tight end production last year, Dave left something to be desired. This according to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN.com. Vernon Davis of the starting tight end for the 49ers, two touchdowns in all of 2014, both in week one, which means Vernon Davis after week one of the season on pace for a 32 touchdown season came in 30 short of that was not targeted at all in the red zone after the weekend of the regular season. Uh, he caught 13 touchdowns, of course, the year before the San Francisco tight ends as a whole uh, Vance McDonald and I'm forgetting the other guy. Is it Selleck still? There's there's a there's a third string guy that's not very good. Who anyway, cares? They suck. Yeah, they combined for 39 catches for 423 yards in 2014. Tony Sperano is the new tight ends coach. Obviously, you know, hoping to inject some life into that system. But we don't even know if Vernon Davis is going to be back um, with the Niners next year, Dave. And to me, this is not a position. I mean want to buy low on Vernon Davis and you certainly don't want to buy low on Vance McDonald even if he is named the starter I just I, I think this is a fantasy wasteland no matter who the coach is uh, for the tight ends there yeah do you think do you think it has to do with Kaepernick and you know he, he has the big arm and then he scrambles occasionally and it just it doesn't seem like the offense is set up to to tight ends at all. I mean right, but, but look at but, so, bad. so was the tight ends when he caught 13 tight ends from Kaepernick in 2013 was that touchdowns. just a yeah, yeah or 13 touchdowns was that what did I say you said tight ends. Oh, he caught 13 tight ends. Is that literally what I said? You might have. Anyway, 
No, it's on my brain tonight. Um, so anyway, uh, he caught 13. You just live in San Francisco. You never know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Sorry, Bobby. There's just I, had, I had to make the gay joke. Let's, let's move beyond it. 13 <laughs> touchdowns for Vernon Davis in 2013 from Kaepernick. Was that just, you know, kind of a fluke thing? I mean, touchdowns are unpredictable. Is that how he got it done then? Because, you know, for, for as involved as he was two years ago, he was non-existent last year. I have no explanation for it. I, mean, I knew that we, I know we talked about it too, that because he had so many touchdowns and he probably will get overdrafted. A lot of the high stakes guys stayed off of Vernon Davis. And I don't feel like he got overdrafted last I year. Think I think people either. were smart about it. They were smart about it. Mm -hmm. People are getting smarter in the fantasy games. So. Yeah. Everybody I, except me. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think this year, I mean, in DEs and stuff like that, he'll he's gonna go like super late FFPC scoring even. He might be a value at that point as, as like a, a second tight end or maybe even a third tight end if he can grab him that late. But I just I have no expectations uh, for him coming into 2014. ESPN New York's Rich Simini said that Geno Smith has shown promise, according to head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, Geno Smith, of course, not a great season last year. He certainly has not been the name named the starter for the upcoming year. Uh, but only he and Matt Sims are the uh, signal callers on the Jets roster. Smith did finish the season off uh, against the Dolphins with 358 yards and three touchdowns. So he can get it done, just wildly inconsistent. I think that you look at this team next year, Todd Bowles is a defensive guy. He's going to want to run hard. Chris Ivory, maybe CJ Spiller uh, comes there with uh, uh, Chan Gailey as the offensive coordinator. Um, that's who Spiller had his big season under. But I think the Jets offense as a whole, like, I, you know, I, I wasn't on Eric Decker at all last year. And then towards draft season, I, I sort of was like, okay, you know what? I think because you were kind of on him. And I'm like, okay, I think you got a point here. So then I actually drafted him on a few teams. And if he wouldn't have had that hamstring issue, I think he could have had a pretty good season. He did pretty well when he played. Um, and, he was, and he was relative. Even when he wasn't all that healthy, he did all right. But right. So, I mean, looking forward next year, I mean, we don't know if they're bringing back Percy Harvin. We don't know what happened, but it seems like the playmakers in that offense, uh, that they have right now are going to be Ivory and of course, uh, Jason Morrow. What are you kind of looking uh, for seasons for those guys next year? Do you think that um, they should be guys that you target later on in drafts or are those guys going to be guys you stay away from? Uh, obviously if Geno Smith is the best quarterback option they have right now, I don't know what they're going to get. You know, that's going to be an improvement via trade free agency or the draft. Um, at least as far as 2015 goes. But what do you think about those three guys' fantasy prospects this coming season? I kind of, you know, I kind of like Gino. And the reason is that this is only his third year. People tend to give up on quarterbacks. They expect them to have instant success. Even Andrew Luck was, has not, he's been not that great at times. I mean, he's getting better every year. I think Gino's really, he's got some potential. I think he might actually be all right. I think he'll be a value probably next year. Decker, the same thing. People are going to remember last year. They're going to look at last year and be like, oh, it's the same old Jets. They're going to be terrible. I think all those guys are going to drop. And at that point, you take a look at it. And, you know, it, I agree. It depends on what happens at running back. There. Right. So uh, assuming Smith is the quarterback, then I, I think Decker, it seems like you're you're on board with him again in 2015. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, Gino's going to be cheap, super cheap. Right. So he can be a guy you can get, I don't know what round, 15, 17, something Would like you that. take him as your backup quarterback if you had somebody like a, like a Big Ben, um, you know, uh, uh, type guy? Would you take Geno Smith as your backup then? Or are you? gonna you know try to get two of those type of guys yeah if i'm rolling with that i'd probably try and get another guy before before Gino. you know so if you have like a lock russell wilson geno smith that's fine as a backup probably and if you're in a draft i'd love to have geno as my third guy perfect 
Uh, moving on, Dave, Brian Hoyer, a guy I don't want on any of my teams next year, <laughs> might be receiving an extension from the Cleveland Browns if Jeremy Fowler's word is to go by. Uh, he is, of course, on ESPN.com. Uh, according to his agent, Hoyer could be re-signed. Uh, he is a free agent right now, re-signed by the Browns. Uh, he's going to meet with uh, GM Ray Farmer and uh, new offensive coordinator John DeFilippo uh, in the near future. Uh, obviously, Johnny Manziel was not the quarterback that even his biggest uh, fans you know, would, <laughs> would make apologies for uh, for 2014. So you look at Hoyer um, coming in uh, as the Browns quarterback next year. Uh, I, I think if they re-sign him, it would be a sign that they want him to start because I don't think they would resign him and then have him be the backup. That's a good question. I mean, Manzel's, you know, that, that article in ESPN just came out how he was partied so insane. What was, was drunk uh, off his ass uh, Sunday morning of yeah. week 17, I believe. Still which, drunk from the last night. I'm right. Sure. And he was hurt. He wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah. So, but even still. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's it's, I, it's tough to really to say what's going to happen. I, I don't really have any trust in Manzel. I don't have much trust in Hoyer. They're not going to give up on Menzel after one year. No, they after, won't. They you know, after what they sunk into him. Um, I think there'll be a lot of news stories coming out as to how he is preparing. You'll hear, you'll, you'll hear the nightlife stuff if he's staying in or not. I, so it's tough to give that up, man. I mean, alcohol is a wicked drug. You know what yeah. I mean? It is a drug. It's legal. But, you know, partying like that, it's tough to get off with. Especially if he's doing, like, you know, like the coke or whatever, too, with the roll of 20. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows, indeed. Uh, hopefully, Brian Hoyer can set him on the straight and narrow. You know, Brian Hoyer's not a cokehead, for sure. <laughs> I mean, sure. I I feel pretty comfortable saying Man, that. Men's almost have like an Arliss type guy as his agent who, you know, has all the fake tests. Who, who, seriously, who is Johnny Manziel's agent? I feel like it should be a, a known guy. I'm looking it up right now. You know, it should be Farrell Elliott. That's the best agent in the business. Uh, yeah, he is. Football didn't hire Farrell. The, uh, of course, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner, um, Farrell <laughs> Elliott, should be his uh, his new agent. Is it Maverick Carter? Yeah. Maverick Carter, of course, uh, from the um, crew, one, that LeBron's makes total, childhood makes friend. total sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it is Maverick Carter. So, uh, Moving on past uh, Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel. According to Ryan Mink from BaltimoreRavens.com, Joe Flacco is on board with Mark Trestman as the new offensive coordinator. Flacco. What else is he going to say? Well, here's the thing. Flacco involved in the decision to uh, for John Harbaugh to hire Mark Trestman. Uh, Trest, or excuse me, Harbaugh says Trestman and Flacco are Similar as far as their personalities go, they're very direct in communicating with people. They both look kind of like wimps. Well, uh, here's the thing. They, Don't they? they? Yes, in a way. <laughs> but but Harbaugh also says they're both very smart, they're both very detailed, and they're both direct in communication. They're cerebral. Now I'll tell you this. Flacco and Tressman, I can look at those guys and totally agree with that. Not ever hear talent of, of Favre, but you know, I, I, I feel like this is the type of thing that, uh, that, um, we can, uh, we can look at for next year and just say like, look, Cutler might be all right in the, in the matchups because he does have the talent just between the years, not really a guy you want to rely on every single week. So it looks like the, the blog talk radio servers have let our guests call back in. Yeah. 920 area code too, by the way. Yeah. I we're in the Packers, uh, Packers shirt. Yeah. That, that was, uh, we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, um, I'm, I'm pre I'm getting in front of the interview. Right. No, I, you are. But last thing I want to bring up before we get uh, to, to the interview here, uh, Miami Herald's Adam H. Beasley uh, said that uh, 
Dennis Hickey, the Dolphins general manager, actually praised Ryan Tannehill for the progress he made last season. Um, when you look at the Miami offense next year, Tannehill's going to be the guy. Um, I, I feel like he's the type of player, given what we saw coming into 2014, I feel like he'd be the type of player that we'd be talking about in the Roethlisberger, Flacco, Romo area, and he's not there yet. I love Tannehill. I think he's going to totally break out next year. Really? Yeah, and I think this year when you saw some of his stuff too, they're, they're running him a lot and because he used to be a wide receiver. Right. He, he has that kind of Russell Wilson floor because he's going to get 50 rushing yards almost every game. He's going to throw for 200-plus yards every game, probably get one to two touchdowns at minimum, even in bad games. So you have a, you know, a floor of like 20 points every week, and yeah. I think he's going to do better than that. I think he's going to be uh, really good. Hmm. I'm all over Tannehill. Oh, wow, you really are. I am. You know, They I, say fourth year is when most quarterbacks take their biggest leap. From third to fourth year. You know, I was going to bring up the whole, well, they don't have the weapons that, that Seattle does. Well, Doug, Doug, <laughs> Doug Baldwin, Jer, Jermaine Curse, I don't know how big big of a weapon they are. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think you make a good point. We're going to talk about Tannehill uh, quite a bit more in the offseason. But for now, let's get to uh, tonight's guests. I'm going to bring them aboard right now. They split a VIP Money League team last year, which was Kurtz, uh first time playing high-stakes fantasy VIP. football. VIP? VP? VP. Victory points. It's not a very important person money league. Uh, I believe all people who play in VP money leagues are VIPs. Thank you very much. <laughs> Who's writing this stuff? Uh, Jason is the commission of a 12-person competitive home league that they've done for the last 12 years. Kurt has yet to win it. I've been there. Seriously. Uh, Kurt's brother-in-law, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, also uh, an FFPC player. He's had a main event team for years. He's encouraged them to participate for quite a while. They decided to this year, and now they are the 2014 FFPC Terminator champs. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Jason Lenz and Kurt Bork. Guys, welcome into the show. Hey, thanks Thank for having you. us. Very excited to have the Terminator champs on. You know, Chelly Fossum oh, yeah. was the Terminator champ last year, Dave, and she went on to um, be mentioned. I mean, she was right up at the top of the main event leaderboard pretty much all season. I think she had like a top 20 or top 30 finish, but still yes. made some good cash. So it definitely bodes well for you guys uh, that uh, you're coming off the Terminator win. Um, Jason, uh, I'm going to let you answer this question first and then Kurt, you can go ahead, but tell our audience a little bit about uh, what you, uh, what you guys do for a living when you're not playing fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, first of all, thanks for having us. Um, I, I'm a middle school PE and health teacher and uh coach a bunch of sports at my school and my, my, my three kids coach all their stuff and uh kind of busy doing the dad thing running around all the time so it's about everything you know uh, a little bit of uh fantasy baseball as well which you're getting ready for you know we're coming up pretty soon here so i'm excited about that bases yeah pitchers and catchers reporting yeah. soon what about you kurt there you go <laughs> i work for a uh, uh manufacturing company in wisconsin uh, so I travel, and I've got small kids too. So when I'm not working, I uh, I'm chasing them around typically, and and I participate in Jason's fantasy leagues, all of them, the baseball league and, and football. So uh, we're starting to study up on, as you said, pitchers and batters for that. <laughs> hey, um, uh, Kurt, you, you know the, the photo that that people are seeing right now on the website has you wearing the Packers <laughs> T-shirt. You just said you're you're from Wisconsin. What part of Wisconsin are you from? I live in the Milwaukee area. I live in a suburb west of Milwaukee called Oconomowoc. Oh, you, saw that you know, spell, you would think it's a typo because it's a it's a it's a <laughs> long name. It's an Indian name, so uh, Oconomowoc is a town I live in. Well, you know, interestingly enough, Dave, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dave and I do the show. We both live in Appleton, uh, just south of Green Bay, uh, so we're we're also in the nine two zero and. 
I am going to be in Milwaukee tomorrow for my brother's bachelor party. So that's oh. that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh boy! Downtown. He sent me an eight-page Word document on the rules for the Survivor <laughs> Beer Pong tournament oh tomorrow. Eight pages. Oh, I'm not kidding you. And, and I mean, there's 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 tribes and and immunity challenges and all these weird things. It's going to be crazy. So that'll be a lot of fun. Where are the chicks? I I, I listen. Yeah. The type the types of guys that this guy hangs around with. There's not going to be any women. Like we'll probably have the whole bars, you know, all the you know the entire downtown scene to ourselves tomorrow. Don't so. put you don't put that in so, print anyway. All right, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty typical in Wisconsin, isn't it? Or totally. Yes. <laughs> ah, just kidding. Okay. So Kurt, the uh, Terminator. It's a unique draft draft experts format where you need to drop a player every week. Is anyone with the intention of just using him for a certain portion of the season and then dumping him? Yeah. You know, I couldn't really think of anyone that we did that to. We did draft Josh Gordon, and during the time we drafted him, it was kind of going, the appeal process was going on, and nobody really knew if he was going to play or not. So we drafted him late to stash him for when it thought, you know, we could play in the second half of the year. And then right before the season started, as you remember, it was pretty grim that he'd play at all. Uh, so we, he was our first drop. Uh, and then obviously we regretted it when he came back and, and went over 100 yards. I don't remember what week that was, week 10 or something like that. Um, but yeah. then he's, but that might have been our hardest drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we drafted him knowing that we were going to stash him for a while and that we'd only have him for a short time. We drafted a bunch of wild card guys so that we didn't really know what to expect. You know, guys like Latavius Murray that we dropped pretty early before he came relevant. And then obviously late in the year, we wish we'd had him on our team. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's which you know, you guys reminded me of this too with the with the whole Josh Gordon thing. Do you remember? I mean, some of the rumors. We, we, you know, we were drafting in Kentucky last year at the KFFSC, and I remember Jason Kahn and and of course uh, A. A. Ron. I mean, they they knew some lawyer that 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 yeah. was going to get Josh Gordon off. Like it yeah. was oh, it yeah. was it was going to be. And I mean, just the Duck, it, dude Duckworth took him in the seventh round of the big payback there, which is a thousand dollars in Kentucky. Right, seventh round. Yeah, right. and when when he was suspended. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just it's it was insane. I mean, it was just a, a crazy when you think. And then I think about I think that one, and then the Andre Ellington drop at the main oh, event yeah. weekend. Yeah. That was the other big story. But oh, yeah. fun stuff. Looking. At. Yeah. Uh, Jason, when we took Gordon, we thought we got you know, a pretty good deal late in the draft like that. And then, uh, we, you know, we were thinking, okay, he's going to come back and he's going to really push us towards the, uh, you know, finals here, you know, getting, the, getting the, uh, the playoffs. And then, you know, he said he's not playing. So we thought, oh, that's a, that's a pretty easy drop, you know? And then we think we were kind of worried at that point, you know, we heard he was coming back with like, oh man, we might've just really, you know, screwed ourselves on this one, you know? So we were, Okay, Dave, I I believe I am on right now. I'll ask the guys in the chat if they can if they can hear me. I don't know if they can. Dave, I, I, yeah, it looks like I'm on according to this. Do you? Can you hear? What about now? Can you hear me? I 
Can I hear myself? Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can't. Can you, can you do the thing where you go in, in a di different studio? Yeah, if you can do that, and and I should. I mean, if Kurt, yeah, if if, if Kurt and um, and uh, and Jason have not given up on us, uh, definitely call back in so we can we can finish the show. Uh, with those guys on, I'll be right back. but uh, yeah, I, I guys, I do apologize. I don't know what happened. Technical difficulties is all I can say. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I have no, I have no good answer to this. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know what happened. Um, it, it's, uh, it's very frustrating. I'm going to bring Dave on right now. We can. Uh, I don't see Kurt or uh, I don't see Kurt or Jason in yet, but we'll put them on. Uh, as soon as they come on. Dave, you are alive right now. Can you hear me? Bucky, I'm back, buddy. Whew, thank God. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was cool. Now you're cut off again. Bucky, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Oh, no. Right now I do. Hello? Maybe they're having server issues. They had server issues. Hello? Okay, so now I am live, Dave. I don't know if you can uh, if you can hear me at all, uh, but I am I am back on. I don't. I, how do you know that it was server issues with BTR? Did you hear that from someone? Yeah, you're on. Um, because before it said server connection issues. Oh, I didn't computer. even notice that. Well, we we do have Jason back on. Jason, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> All right, perfect. We'll we'll conduct this Thank as God. best as we can the rest the rest of the way. Five minutes of glory here. It went down the tubes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll make sure you get your time uh, for oh, sure on here. Fun. I want to move things on and and talk. Uh, about uh, one of the players that uh, you didn't really know what you had uh, when you drafted him. That was Lat uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, excuse me, not yeah. Latavius Murray. Uh, I want to concentrate on MJD and, uh, and uh, Darren McFadden, given that those were sort of like the top two Raiders running backs, uh, and uh, Latavius Murray was third on the depth chart at the start of the season. But you guys drafted both yeah. of them. Would you guys look at drafting another running back combo from a team that maybe isn't projected to have a, a very high-scoring offense coming in 2015? No, uh, no, <laughs> you know, no, you know, and go, you know, at that point of the draft, we were looking at it and, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, big running backs are off the board, obviously at that point, we were just trying to, you know, we were, you know, nobody was touching the Raiders running back at, at that point. And so we were like, you know, we think we took, uh, MJD first and then two rounds later took, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, what can I think of it? Uh, McFadden. Yes, McFadden. And, Who you'd like to forget? You know, yeah, <laughs> with, with their injury, with their injury history, we figured maybe one of them would get hurt and 
hope, you know, maybe, you know, one of them would get the dominant, you know, bulk of the carries or whatever. And then later on the draft on the flyer, we just, you know, we were like, oh, let's, let's get, let's take Latavius Murray at the end here and see, you know, what pans out. And really at that point we had dropped Latavius Murray, Murray pretty early, you know, in the, in the Terminator and the other two didn't really plan out, you know, as we were hoping it would, but um, yeah, we took a, took a chance at that. It didn't quite work out the way we would have liked, I guess. So, Balky, do we have both uh, Kurt and Jason back on now? Kurt, yeah, Kurt yeah. is back on live, baby. All right. All right. All right. 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 <laughs> I'm going to send him a text. <laughs> right. I missed the text. All right. Well, first of all, sorry, guys. Uh, sorry about the hassle there. Um, so, I'll, let me ask this question to Kurt. Uh, you took your first – you took the first quarterback in the league, actually, off the board with Peyton Manning at the 304 pick. Uh, do you guys normally go with the league quarterbacks in the draft experts leagues like this, or, or do you guys normally wait a little bit? Yeah, uh, we we did not plan to take an elite quarterback at all. Our plan was to wait. Uh, the way the draft went, we we got Forte and then we got Demarco Murray in the uh, in the second round. And then considering who was on the board uh, at the time, Manning, it, he was just too hard to pass up. Uh, we actually wanted to go receiver at that spot, but uh, Alshon Jeffrey and I think Cobb went right before our pick, and it was either Peyton Manning or. Uh, you know, who he was the number one quarterback on our list then, yeah. or was it, or was a receiver like Roddy White or Andre Johnson or Keenan Allen or those kind of guys were there. Uh, so we felt better going to QB, but again, it was, it was pretty uncharacteristic. We didn't plan to do that. Yeah, I think we're kind of figuring which, who left is going to give us the most points, you know, at this point of the, at this point of the draft, uh, we, we debated that pretty good for the two minutes we had to, to make the pick <laughs> all the way up to the end. And then, the next pick and the pick after, I think Breeze and Rogers went, so we sort of started the, the QB run then. Yeah, that yeah, makes you feel pretty good at least. Definitely, yeah, I yeah. mean they, they they all went they they all went right in a row after that. So definitely, if there was anybody thinking about you know when when's the right time to take a quarterback, there's probably I mean honestly, guys in the ter- these Terminator drafts, they're guys like you that are like you know want they want to wait on quarterback, but at, at some point, um, you know it, it comes to be like look. The, the, you're talking about an elite quarterback, and it's the early third round, and he's still out there. We're we're taking him. I know I had the um, in one of the Kentucky drafts. Uh, I, I didn't plan on taking quarterback early, and I got Aaron Rodgers at like the 502 or the 503. Mm. And it's just one of those things where you have to pick your spot and and, oh, yeah. and know like, okay, look, I'm not letting this guy uh, go anymore. And you guys got Peyton Manning there, and obviously uh, it definitely worked out. Jason, uh, we're talking with Jason Lenz and Kurt Bork, the 2014 FFPC Terminator champs. And Jason, uh, obviously one of the toughest things to do is dropping a player every single week in this format. What were some of the toughest ones that you guys had to make over the course? of the season and did any of them actually almost cost you the ten thousand dollars in the end well you know what's funny and that, uh, really kurt we haven't talked about this too much but i remember at the end of the season we had joe flacco sitting on our roster and i think we opted to drop him instead of maybe mcfadden at that week so we got rid of flacco and then as soon as we did that you know that's when manning passed for like one touchdown over the course of like the next three weeks you know or whatever that was and so he turned into that was, portals all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it was like I think that was one that we kind of struggled with a little bit after seeing what happened with Manny. Like, man, maybe we should have kept that other, you know, kept that second quarterback just in case, you know. Um, but other than that, I mean, the decisions they were tough, but they weren't. 
you know, there were some guys on your roster. You just knew, you know, that, you know, like this guy's not going to pan out, you know, for the end of the season for us. So some of the guys, I mean, like Scott Chandler, I, I think we probably should have, you know, held on to him a little bit longer. We really waited on tight ends, which we you thought gotta, was. You got to bring up uh, Odell Beckham. So, yeah, yeah, let's bring up Odell Beckham. Uh, I have <laughs> a lot of money here. <laughs> well, early on in the season, you know. Um, you know, the Giants had all their receivers healthy and whatnot. And, you know, I think Beckham was hurt for the first, what, four weeks or something like that. And so I was telling Kurt, I'm like, man, maybe we should drop this guy. You know, this rookie, you know, maybe it'll be tough for him as the season gets going. And then, you know, Kurt talked to me into holding on to him, thankfully. You know, so that that was <laughs> a good non-call by me. I would have, if it was up to me, I probably would have gotten, you know, dropped him, you know, earlier on in the season because he was injured and, wasn't really helping us out at that point, you know. But I mean, he, like, he really seemed like the difference at the end when we looked at all the rosters oh, uh, on yeah. the leaderboard, and the, uh, nobody had Odell. Everybody probably dropped him around that same time, and the fact that we kept him, I think that's really the reason that that, uh, that we won. Well, yeah. Kurt, that that's an interesting uh, a topic too uh, with with Odell Beckham. So Jason was all ready to drop him. What did you see in Beckham that you're like, look, we need to keep this guy in your roster? What, what did you say to Jason is to convince him, like, look, this is not the drop we should make this week. Let's keep Beckham around. Yeah, we didn't know anything about him yet, and we had guys in our team that we knew their ceilings, you know, guys, you know, some backup tight ends and, and running backs uh, that weren't doing anything, and we, we kind of could gauge their ceiling that these guys aren't going to do a lot for us the rest of the year. And Odell Beckham was a wild card. We had no idea what his potential was. Uh, so it just seemed, I don't know, beneficial at the time to hang on to him. And then obviously his first few games encouraged us more to hang on to him until the end of the year. The guy went crazy. Uh, so it was just not really knowing what he was capable of and knowing what the other guys in our team's ceiling was. Yeah, and that was a good call because we ended up dropping, like, Stevie Johnson, uh, James Jones, Dwayne Bowe, thankfully. You know, a receiver that doesn't catch any touchdowns probably doesn't help much. You know, in the format. So, yeah, that was a good call, keeping Beckham. So, uh, Kurt, let's talk a little bit about the playoff challenge. You're in 38th place right now. Uh, you're definitely going to end up cashing, and, but you could even win a few thousand dollars. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about how you put that team together and who are the two guys you have left. Hmm. Yeah, man, I, I probably switched my lineup around for that thing about 20 times before finally settling. You know, it's a tough thing because – you obviously want to pick a lineup you don't think everyone is going to pick, but then again, you know you don't want to be too risky and and pick a guy like Brandon LaFell when you could have Brock uh, either. So it's there's a balance, of, there's a uh, you know strict strategy you have to figure out when you when you pick your team. So I went back and forth a, a bunch of times, um, and then obviously picking guys based on matchups too helps. Um, I got kind of lucky in just uh, thinking about not only round one but. <clears throat> But being right about who I thought would advance, and uh, and how I thought certain guys would do in the divisional and conference round based on the matchups. So uh, right now I, I'm sitting there with Lynch and Gronk, which you know, looking at the rankings right now, almost everybody has the same guys. So it doesn't seem like there's going to be that much movement. Um, I think in the top, you know, 100 guys or, or however many are listed on that front page, almost everybody has either Marshawn or or Gronk, or Brady. I think those three guys are, are on everybody's team. So, yeah. I think yeah, when I checked it about... earlier, Kurt, 
you, you could actually, I, I think it was, you could move up to like somewhere between 10 and 20, like maybe around 15 or something like that, which still, I mean, it's like three or $4,000, uh, which would be uh, really, really good. But I mean, you have so many people in this, it, it's definitely tough to move up, especially, uh, you know, on Super Bowl weekend when, when there are so many Brady, Lynch, you know, Russell Wilson, Gronk teams out there. It's, it's, it's tough to do, but certainly a, a very uh, impressive showing uh, nonetheless, Jason, uh, I, I want to kind of, you know, we're looking ahead already to 2015, as as I'm sure you guys are looking to 20, uh, 2015 baseball right now. Um, looking to 2015 football, there's been a lot of head coaching and offensive coordinator changes around the NFL. Is there any player uh, that you think uh, got a significant bump up uh, draft boards or a bump down perhaps on draft boards uh, with a new coach in charge of him this year? You know, to be honest with you, I, I I am not really sure. I can speak on perhaps uh, you know, on, on the on the Bears, you know, in that uh, I think having John Fox here is definitely going to help. It seems like this year with the Bears, if their whole offense was kind of in a funk, which was kind of surprising after Trustman was you know after his first year, um, just really weird season in Chicago, and and uh, how many people are you know really upset about Cutler and ready to you know, get him out of town and all this. Um, I think having a established, you know, head coach and, um, you know, Adam Gase coming in, you know, as the offensive coordinator, I think things could only look better than they than they went this past year, you know, especially with uh, with Cutler. But as far as the rest of the league, I honestly, like, I, I, I'm not sure, man. I couldn't answer that. I mean, you know, I, I don't know about the rest of the league. I can only speak about the Bears, I guess. Well, Jason, let me ask you uh, about the Bears uh, because – you know, you 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 have John Fox and Adam Gase coaching uh, the one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL last year uh, over in Denver, and they moved to Chicago now to take that over. and And you'd say, oh well, it's going to be a step down. Well, maybe, but Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte. Uh, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen with you know if Cutler's going to be the quarterback. Martellus Bennett is, of course, there. It seems to me that there's a lot of pieces in Chicago that were pretty similar to the pieces in Denver. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I love our, uh, you know, my, my friends that live around, you know, in the Chicago area here and and whatnot. They all kind of feel the same way. I mean, I mean, Cutler, you know, coming from Denver. Not that John Fox was a part of that. You know, maybe there's something with that as well. I don't know, but there's definitely room, you know, for uh, the Bears' offense to grow big time and have a lot of fantasy contributors. You know, I mean, Forte was already you know, one of the top quarterbacks. And I think Cutler is capable of doing a heck of a lot more than, you know, the one he did this past season. He's just got to, got to win the Chicago fans back over somehow because they're ready to, to ride him out of here for sure. The majority of them, which is unfortunate. I think he's the best quarterback. I think that the bears have had, you know, ever, you know, so kind of a, a weird situation, I guess, going on here. It is a weird situation. Definitely a situation to pay yeah. attention to for fantasy purposes yeah. uh, going forward. Um, Kurt, I'm gonna. Uh, we we have some emails here. Uh, I think we'll have a chance to get to a couple of them here. Um, I'll, I'll pitch this to you first. This is from Josh in Pontotoc, I believe it's pronounced, Mississippi. Uh, he writes: Besides drafting guys based on their talent and what type of offense they play in, is there anything else you think uh, fantasy football owners are missing the boat on? Does strength of schedule or playoff schedule matter? And how much do a player's head coach and offensive coordinator influence your thoughts on drafting him? Sorry for all the questions. 
Just answer one if you guys want. Thanks, Jason and Kurt. That's Josh in Pontotoc, uh, Mississippi. So, uh, I mean, obviously people look at talent. They look at, you know, how prolific the offense is. Kurt, what, what else do you look at when, when you're evaluating players as far as their fantasy production? Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, obviously age always comes into it. How long has the guy been in the league, his production over the past few years, um, if he's slowed down at all? and Or, you know, and like a guy – for instance, next year in DeMarco Murray's case, he had a huge workload this year. How is that going to impact the next year? Uh, there's a lot of things to consider, and you know you can read uh, for hours on end until the to the draft to uh, to try to figure that all out. But at the end of it, there's there's some instinct uh, instincts to it too. Who do you think's going to do good? Um, just instinctual stuff that it, uh, I think everybody has. Um, I don't know. It's not a science. There's obviously a lot of luck to it too, but. Um, for me, you know, it's that kind of thing. What, just based on how they've done the past three years, how do I think they're going to do next year? Uh, you never know for sure. Yeah, well, as, as, as a follow-up to that, and it, go ahead, Jason. Oh, no, I was going to say, also looking, I think, at, at guys' injury history as well. You know, obviously you wouldn't know that from us taking DeMarco Murray in the second round of uh, you know, the <laughs> Terminator. But <laughs> other than that, you know, I, you know, guys that are going to be on the field, you know, I mean, that's always, you know, you know, guys that have the, the injury history of seeing a game or two, even though it might only be one or two games a season, you know, can really have an impact, you know, as, as the season plays out. Hello? I'm not, I'm not hearing Balky, but... Uh, <laughs> Balky, <laughs> there? All right, you know, I, I'm here, so let me ask you guys a question. It's not an email, but it'll sure. be a different one. Uh, shifting focus to 2015 and knowing what we know now, give us one player that you want to make sure you get on your team and one player that you will stay away from in drafts, and we'll have Jason start. Oh, man, I tell you, I, I, I really like Jeremy Hill. I know uh, you know he really came on the second half of the season when uh, Giovanni Bernard was banged up, but I think you know with Cincinnati, I, I, I don't know enough. I don't watch enough Bengals games to know, but it seems like, you know, uh, Dalton is kind of up and down on a week to week basis and you know, I know in a lot of leagues AJ Green didn't you know, do as much as they thought he you know, as much as they as owners would have expected. But I really like Jeremy Hill, you know, and what he did, especially down the stretch. I think he you know, with a little more maturity and, you know, some another year under his belt, I think he's gonna be a really good running back next year for sure. Even with Gio there. Sorry, Balky is still disconnected. <laughs> uh, okay, and what about you, Kurt? Yeah, uh, you know, it's tough to get away from Odell right now. Uh, we had a lot of success having that guy on our team. Everybody that had him, uh, obviously, uh, he won a lot of people some money this year. And even when they knew they were going to go to Odell and what a big weapon he was, they still couldn't stop him. Uh, you look at all those ridiculous catches the guy makes and, uh, and he was productive almost every game he played. It's tough to get away from Odell. I think that's a guy I would definitely target. No, Odell, that was just, it's, it's funny. Every week I was waiting for him to, to suck after he had his first few weeks that were good. And he just <laughs> never he happened. kept producing. It was crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Insane, yes. Man, so you guys, you know, are you, are you, are you, are you guys getting a Beckham jersey? You know, you, get, you won you 10 grand, so, you know, you should probably pick one up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, exactly. I'm still bitter about that uh, last far kick in the, in the NFC Championship game, so I still hate the Giants a little bit because of it. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I'm glad. I'm glad. All right, so actually, I do have an email now. So this is from Al in Mentor, Minnesota. And uh, 
here we go. Making the switch from your home league to drafting with the high-stakes players, what was the most difficult transition that you had to make? Um, this guy said, uh, I've never played anything higher than a $250 league before, so I was wondering if I made the, le- made the leap in 2015, what do I need to do? Yeah. Uh, is he married? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, get divorced. Yeah, is that, is that the answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, that is, everybody seems to know what they're doing in those types of leagues. In, in a home league, you kind of lay out your strategy and you kind of know everybody, you know how they draft and what they're going to do. But but you get in a high stakes league when everybody's got a lot of a lot invested in it. Uh, usually there's a a pretty decent sized buy-in to get in the league, and everybody's done their homework. Uh, and it just it it never falls the way you think it's going to do uh, to fall, yeah. like it kind of does in your home league. I remember last year when we did it. Uh, yeah, that's we when we learned a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We worked out a few scenarios, we, and it seemed like the worst. Yeah, Kurt was Kurt was making. Kurt was making spreadsheets and charts and all kinds of stuff and sending this to me and we're and we're looking at it and it was like literally every single pick that we wanted was picked like right before us like all these guys like kind of shared the you know the same kind of thought process to be honest with you you know we learned that in, in that league last year for sure so um, and you know to be honest with you for I don't know what his name was but to go from I mean the Terminator was three hundred and fifty bucks you know so going from two fifty to three fifty I guess isn't uh, too crazy, you know, but I mean, if you're looking to get into one of the, the main event leagues, which is something that we're considering for next year, um, you know, we'll probably be just as worried as he is, you know, getting into that one, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I, there's a strategy that Bulky and I, we've talked about in the past that I use, I've used in past home leagues. I've never used it in a national contest, but Bulky, this year I might use it in Kentucky. I usually go to a local gas station, I grab a couple of newbie magazines that like are barely legal and something else, that, you know, something <laughs> disgusting. I bring those, and I just kind of leave them laying around the table a little bit. And, you know, generally yes, there's a little yeah. interest, you know, the guys around me, they can't draft, and it, it makes a difference, guys, let me tell you. Yeah. The, no, the, the, and, the T&A distraction, that's a, that's a good strategy we might have to, we might have to what uh, do. you think? Yeah, Balky, should I do that this year or what? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we haven't done that in Kentucky yet. I think that that's long overdue. We definitely need to do it uh, in 2015 for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the fun question. I'm going to ask this one because I always do. The 10,000 bucks, um, Kurt. I'm going to ask you first. What do you plan? Do you guys plan on have any special plans for the money, or did your you know your girlfriend's wife spend it already? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, unfortunately, that Monday night game it came down to the wire for us, so I couldn't keep it a secret that we were about to win this thing. Uh, so my <laughs> wife was all about the money, right? So yeah, that was uh, the one game my wife has watched ever with me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when money's on the line, you know. <laughs> we could bet that one in the bachelor fund, but you know, for me, I, I guess I'm uh, boring in that way. I don't have anything really uh, in mind that I'm going to purchase that's that's too exciting. Uh, we just moved, so we got a lot of expenses related to our move back here to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. So, you know. That adds up. Yeah. Yeah. I say our, 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 our TV in our living room just literally crapped out like a week ago, so I had to buy a, a new TV. Nothing too crazy, but um, kind of the same as Kurt. Like, just kind of nice just to have that little extra cash on the side, you know, for for whatever. We don't have anything anything planned to do with it, but uh, I'm sure something will come up, you know, soon enough, so... My wife hasn't taken it already, well, you know. <laughs> the the good thing about uh the good thing about this world is it's always presenting new ways to spend money. So I'm sure you guys won't have any uh any problems coming across something like that. 
Uh, listen, right. I want to apologize for all the uh, technical difficulties we had tonight. I'm so glad we got we got you guys on and uh, and and you offered the insight that you did. Definitely entertaining stuff. And on the big Terminator win. And uh, listen, we'll have you on this time next year after you win the main event your first year participating. That would be awesome. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. Guys, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you. That was, of course, th- that was, of course, uh, Jason Lenz and Kurt Bork. Uh, they of the Terminator Champs uh, championship uh, team of uh, 2014 in the FFPC. Good stuff. Uh, glad to, that, to have those. Uh, as long, I mean, we don't have to answer these at the top of the show. And I apologize for everybody else whose emails we're not going to get to tonight. Uh, but I do want to answer uh, Javier and Terra Hose. Guys, according to Mark Ingram, the Saints really want him back. According to me, Kate Upton turned down Justin Verlander to hold out her hopes for me. Joking aside, <laughs> Ingram plays 16 games next year in New Orleans. Can you make a case for Ingram being selected in the second round of FFPC and Football Guys draft? PIA, that's Javier and Terre Haute. What do you think? Ingram, if he stays healthy, I mean, he was, I believe, eighth in the league in yards per game last year. Obviously, he missed some time with the, I think he had a broken hand. Um, but if he's healthy all 16 games, Dave, and, and with running backs always being in demand, there's never enough good ones. What do you think about Ingram in the second round? You know, if they re-sign him, I mean, it's an elite offense, and, you know, it's Sproles that's gone. Uh, Pierre Thomas is a year older. I actually think you can make a case for that, I think. And I think the offense will actually recover. You know, Brandon Cooks in his second year, you know how I love Brandon Cooks. So I think that actually uh, I might be on board with Ingram. Even, he's not a huge pass, pass catcher, but I kind of like him. And that's what I think. I think that keeps him out of the second round because he doesn't catch a whole lot of passes. And, and obviously, the, I think we're going to feel uh, or see the, the Kyrie Robinson hype train build in June and July. So we'll see what happens with there. But I would not take Ingram in the second. I think um, if you want to take him in the third, you could do a lot worse with your third-round pick. But that, that's probably the earliest uh, I would take him. Um, okay, thankfully, that is going to do it for our show tonight. I want to apologize for everybody, to everybody for the technical difficulties. And, man, if you're still hanging out listening to us, that's awesome. Uh, I want to thank Jason Lenz, Kurt Bork, uh, Nationwide Insurance, Pop Johns, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer, mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, all of you guys for sitting and suffering through this tonight. Um, next Friday, I'll actually be on Sirius XM 21087 uh, on the Fantasy Alarm with Jeff Schuster preview show uh, that airs uh, from 4 to 6 Eastern time on Friday. I will uh, be one of the guests on that show, so that'll be very exciting. Uh, so you can check me out there. Uh, Dave is actually going to be gone again next week. Uh, he will return in February, and as I teased uh, at the top of the show, we do have a very exciting announcement uh, coming in February, and Dave, I know you're very excited about it, given that this is sort of your idea. Um, I don't know what you can reveal on the show tonight that uh, – that wouldn't give it away, but you're very excited about this. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be monumental, and uh, that's all I have to say about it. Okay. 
I, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. <laughs> so, so we'll have an exciting announcement next week. Hopefully, you'll actually be able to hear the show next week. Uh, enjoy the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Just end it. <laughs> We're not watching the Pro Bowl. We apologize. Your weekend thankfully starts now. <laughs> this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that is broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.